The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Right now, though, wanted to get to this. Uh, there's been new polling done exclusively for Global News that has found that should a federal election be held, the Prime Minister his Liberals would receive 35% of the popular vote, up two percentage points from last month, while the Conservatives would receive 28%. That's down from 30%. National support for the NDP and the Bloc Québécois has also decreased, while the Green Party saw an increase of 10% of decided voters. The results of the polling come amid a, a previous announcement from public health officials that announced a near 1 million doses of vaccine arrived last week and uh, about uh, 900,000 expect, expected to arrive uh, later on this week. So wanted to dive into those numbers, wanted to dive into how it really seems that the Liberals' fortunes right now are riding the wave of what is happening with COVID-19 vaccine. Also want to look at uh, at the, uh, the Tories. They're coming up to a a policy convention in just about uh, 10 days from now. And I still think there, well, there's rumblings inside that party about about their leader, Aaron O'Toole, and uh, what he is doing or not doing right. So uh, we've called up our friend, Dr. Lydia Miljohn, Associate Professor of the Faculty of Political Science at the University of Windsor. Dr. Miljohn, welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. It's nice to talk to you again. All right, uh, we see these uh, these numbers, and and to be honest with you, they're not changing tr- too dramatically from what I've been tracking over the past number of months. But we certainly do see when people are are ticked off, let's say about the vaccine rollout, it does impact the Liberals polling the numbers go down but when there seems to be a little bit more optimism as we've seen in the past week or two those numbers popping up again what do you make of of what you're seeing with these numbers right now well, I mean, it's, it's consistent with what we see with polling all the time, right? A poll is just a snapshot in time, and there's always some sort of fluctuation. Um, the Liberals certainly aren't doing as well as they might have done polling-wise uh, earlier uh, last year. They had much higher numbers, and those sort of went d- dropped in the summer because of the We Charity scandal. Um, so they haven't really recovered to that level. But the thing about the pandemic, what we've seen is that not just the federal government, but also provincial governments, except for, of course, Alberta's. Let's <laughs> just ignore Alberta's government. But everyone else seems to be having a little bit of a boost, as re- actually a significant boost uh, as a result of the pandemic. And that in part is because they're out there front and center every single day. We're getting these daily press briefings. We're seeing the government um, present its best case. And the opposition parties are really sort of left in, in the sidelines. And we're not. they're just not getting the same amount of face time as the government. And so I think that that's what... Uh, um, gives some indication of why governments across the country, again, notwithstanding Alberta's case, um, a big boost. I mean, the biggest the biggest shocker was Doug Ford. I mean, prior to the, the pandemic, I was talking to political insiders of the Conservatives, and they were, like, really worried that they were not going to get a second um, a second mandate. And then when the pandemic came in, and his, his approval ratings are, like, astronomical they're like the 75 percent range um so certainly for a lot of provinces they've had much better outcomes than the federal government so the question is not why the why the liberals are at um 35 percent but why aren't they higher uh because other governments have certainly have has seen a much bigger boost uh, for their numbers 
You know, we've uh, we've we've been mull mulling this over for months now, uh, Dr. Miljohn, about the, the possibility of an election uh, this year. We know how long minority governments tend to last for, and it would be coming up to that time probably uh, within the next few months. Um, but uh, you know, how do you, do you believe that we could see one this year? Well, we could see one this year if the Liberals want to have one. I mean, it, 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 let's let's be real. The only way that the Liberals are going to get a government uh, a, a, an election is if they put something in so egregious that the NDP can't um, accept it. Because, quite frankly, the NDP have, have been propping up this government since day one, and they are in no position to. Um, to reject them or to vote in favor of a non-confidence vote. So either so one of two things happens. They put out a budget that the NDP cannot support, which I don't see that scenario playing out, or the prime minister simply says I want an election because he can and he goes to he he basically um, triggers one on his own. That's the only two ways we can have one and I think that the latter is more likely to happen, but the thing is when's the timing going to be? You know, the the federal government today announced that they aren't going to have a budget date in in, in March, so this is still like over two years since we've had a budget, um, and and we don't even know when in April it might be. They they're basically saying it's not going to be in the first two weeks of April, and that's quite wow. shocking considering that this government since they since they got their minority status has never given us a budget. We've had no budget from it's this staggering. parliament. <laughs> It's it's just absolutely uh, it's just absolutely unreal and and as you can well imagine I know certainly out, out here that has a lot of people really really uh, ticked off but I think it, it has so many people right across the country a little concerned about what the plan is and what exactly the numbers look like given you know uh, the spending that has uh, had to be used that has that you know the dollars that have had to be spent over the past year and a half I I I, I want to pick your brain on on a couple of things you know you look at this we uh charity scandal and and more movement on that today we know that uh the the keelbergers have been called back uh, to testify uh it, it, you know i i don't it doesn't appear that too many people are paying too much attention to this you look at what's happening within uh the defense ministry right now and who knew what when with harji sajan the, the prime minister and and i keep saying boy oh boy that is something that I really think that people should be paying attention to, and it's something that we need to find out the answers to, but it just doesn't seem to be sticking because I think everything all the air is getting sucked out of everything because of COVID coverage. No, that's absolutely the case. I mean, and certainly last week was a really good week for those COVID numbers. And, uh, you know, if I were a more cynical person, oh, heck, I am a cynical person. I kind of wonder about the timing of that Johnson & Johnson announcement because it really yeah. did suck the air out of the oxygen out of the room was like a uh, defense ministry what oh we get another vaccine oh yay maybe yeah. this nightmare will be over so i think in some respects it does feel like we're being played a bit and it and it's been very difficult for opposition parties especially aaron o'toole to get his his message across and even to have people know who he is like he you know i hear i'm sitting in southern ontario and it's like i, I have to really think okay who's the leader of the conservatives because it's easy to forget and that's the biggest challenge for the opposition parties it's 
How did they get ahead of things? And, you know, they, they, they're in this tough position because they certainly can't criticize too much, um, you know, CERB or the, or the vaccinations when they're coming out. Um, so where do they where do they sort of fill in the space in terms of policy and discussion and, and what their plan is moving forward? And I think, you know, so as much as the polls today look good for the Liberals, let's remember, once we have an election campaign happening all bets are off and it's almost like mm-hmm. we go back to zero and everyone gets then a little bit more equity in the amount of time that we talk about them and that changes the dynamic quite significantly how close are you watching what's going on with um uh, jonathan vance art mcdonald harjit sajan and and the prime minister and and the accusations there and and, and Alex, I'd, I'd really like to know what your thoughts are about what could happen here i mean trudeau so far has been standing by the defense minister uh saying that he uh he supports him although the defense minister's timeline you know blew up last week at the defense committee's um, uh, hearing. I just, I, I wonder where this is going to go. Well, I think this looks really bad for the government because it's not just this one allegation. It's just the whole leadership of the military and especially of this ministry. I mean, let's think back to the Mark Norman affair because yes. Vance was the guy that threw Norman under the bus. And Norman, you know, he comes out, you know, he, he's vilified by the, the, the Canadian government. He has to go through this nasty trial. And at the end of the day, it's oh, nothing to see here, folks. He was actually doing, he was doing his job. And so you really have to wonder to what extent had the government, the sort of the political arm of the government, supported um, some pretty nasty inside stuff going on within the defense uh, department. And so I would suggest that this could be a much bigger issue as long as the opposition parties can make it an issue and and have people think about it. But if it gets sort of swept under the rug or, you know, we get too excited about vaccines, then you can see how they could get away with this. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I keep reminding people this is more about this is is more than just about who may have been having um, you know a, a relationship with whom or who was doing what. Again, it's who's covering up, and that is my question. That I just uh, I, I I think that we're in for some more explosive news on that in the in the weeks to come. All right, back to the opposition for a second. Yes, uh, you know, Aaron O'Toole, you say you're. Living you, you live uh, right down in the heart of, of uh, on Ontario, southern Ontario. You're still saying that sometimes you can't remember his first name. We know that they're starting to run ads. But, I mean, shouldn't this have been done ages ago? And, again, I get the fact that the pandemic is making it more difficult. But, boy, oh, boy, we're like, what, seven months in now to, his, to uh, him being the leader. And people are still wondering who he is? It, it, yeah, me, they it's, are. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a real challenge. It's a real challenge to get ahead of the news cycle, to get a front and center. And I have seen some of the ads. They are running in our market. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the problem for the Conservatives, especially in, in seat-rich Ontario, is that they've got to put some policy in the window. They've got to give us, and especially people, not so much in my area. My, actually, my writing is Conservative, oddly enough. Um, I'm in Essex, but, you know, in, in the GTA, the 905, the 416 area, that's where you have the big population base. And there's, there's some 
ripe territory for conservatives. Lots of immigrant communities, lots of entrepreneurial spirit. Um, and so what the conservatives really need to do is is direct their messages to that segment, to people who actually are have a lot of conservative values, um, but are sort of tied to the liberals because it was the liberal, you know, it's just that classic thing, you know, if you're a new immigrant, you tend to support the party in power that mm. that, that brought you here. And so mm. people have to remember that, you know, which they have to look at which party can help them best, you know, uh, advance their aspirations of being in the new country. And I think that the conservatives in some respects have a good story to tell, but they just have not been communicating it to those yeah. populations in part because they've been vilified by the liberals, right? And the liberals have been able to, paint them as a party of intolerance and i think that's where the conservatives have to go back to the to the playbook that they had under the harper government about you know how did they bring in a, a diverse population and and show them an alternative perspective to that of the liberals we know that this uh, policy convention um, starts, I think, uh, next uh, Thursday, uh, the March 18th, uh, and, and Arrow Tool, of course, will be delivering um, a keynote speech. It, it's being called, you know, possibly the most important of his leadership so far, because we are hearing we are hearing rumblings from within the party about about his leadership. What does he need to do at that uh, at that convention? He's got to get our attention. <laughs> he's got to yeah. get some media coverage, and he's got to get people talking about it. And I think that the only way to do that is to put some serious policy on the table. You know, the, the, the conservatives have been hammered, and I think legitimately in some cases in the last election, they were way too slow to have a, a plan on climate. I mean, you know, the, the, just, beca- just because you you agree with the fact that there's climate change doesn't mean that there can't be a conservative solution. It doesn't always have to be more taxes. Uh, and, and, and so they need a contrast to to the carbon tax. And, and that could be cap and trade. It could be all sorts of different uh, tools at their disposal. But they've got to really clearly articulate it and put it front and center in their policy book. You can't sort of announce it, you know, three quarters, which is what um, Andrew Shear did, you know, three quarters into the campaign on a Sunday you know it's got to be something that you've taken seriously and that you can give people an alternative but personally I think the big policy issue or at least should be for the next election is what do we do with with government spending and how do we deal with the recovery because that's really what people are going to be most interested in yeah, and you know it's it's got to be tough uh, for the opposition parties to to know how much to come at the governing party with uh, come at the governing party uh, at with things you know when it comes to the pandemic because you know it, it can be a tricky line. It's just it's a weird it's a weird balance. They're you know they're suggesting oh maybe they could take a tougher line on those hotel quarantines that sort of thing. But then others saying you know what Canadians don't want to see a lot of part partisan right now that they just uh, need to really navigate things very carefully it's uh, they're in a really tough spot like really are yeah no I agree it is tough I mean there are a lot of mistakes that the that the liberals made and but again they're gonna get a bit of a pass on that just because it was just so unprecedented and they were you know yeah. I think that they had a good faith attempt at, at, at helping us but you know they there were they were slow on things they were certainly were slow on procurement of vaccines yes. they didn't support a Canadian industry and I think that those are some legitimate things that you could talk about but you know at the end of the day it's going to be about the recovery it's gonna and yeah. and depending so it all depends on when the timing is 
is, right? If, if the Liberals decide we're not going to put out a budget or they put out a vague budget and then go to an election, well, that's going to be what we're going to talk about. If the election is in September, well, that's going to be a very different scenario. It, you know, once we're all back to work and we've all been vaccinated, you might have this massive upswing in the economy and it'll be happy days again. It's, it's so we're living in such unpredictable times. It's going to be fascinating to watch, uh, Dr. Miljohn. Always appreciate your time. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. Well, thanks for calling. Nice talking to you.